My goal today is to orient the listener to the significance of this day. Why is it significant? Well, you're going to have a potluck, first of all, and you're going to have a feast. Um, it's not every day we have a feast uh, within the life of the church. So it is some type of celebration, and that celebration is the birth of Jesus, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, God coming to earth. So this message is for the believer, the seeker, or those in need in some way, spiritually, physically, or emotionally. Jesus famously said, Come unto me, all who are weak, weary, and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Also in Matthew 6.33, he also said, Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So it is uh, an invitation from God uh, that God is uh, coming into the earth, the infinite becoming finite, and and uh, welcoming uh, the seeker to seek, to uh, yearn for, to seek after God's kingdom, God's righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Rest for your souls. It is also the Creator's desire that all people should come to know Him. So God is seeking you out wherever you are at in life, whether you're a regular attender or a visitor, visitor uh, this morning. Uh, thirdly, uh, we have to understand that we are separated from God. There's a, there's a big, huge separation between uh, carnal uh, humans, uh, human nature, who is unholy, imperfect, and that is what the Bible calls sin. However, God's desire is to choose to reconcile with uh, our unholy, imperfect uh, creation by bridging that gap, coming to the earth, become God incarnate, and reconciling with us to forgive us and pay for the debt of our own ungodliness. Now, some believe or pay, place their faith in God for different reasons. Some believe because of miracles, signs and wonders, the spectacle, uh, or looking for some supernatural insight um, into their lives, to have some miracle happen in their lives, either physically, financially. But some believe because God, Jesus, gave them hope in an upside-down kingdom that was not reserved just for the elite, the 1%, but it was open for all. Jesus broke down, uh, or God himself, I, from this point on, I, I want to say just God himself broke down the barriers uh, between the genders, between classes, between races, between social economic uh, uh, structures, God opened up the kingdom for everyone. In Jesus's, God's, adult sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, he describes the keys to his kingdom, a new paradigm, a new way of thinking, perceiving, living, and relating.
God himself reveals the steps to his kingdom recorded in Matthew 5 and 7. Sometimes it's called the Beatitudes. Jesus himself, God with us, models the right attitudes that are essential to find the keys to his kingdom. Now in this first teaching, Jesus or God himself says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wow, the keys to the kingdom of heaven are available for those who grasp this first beatitude. Being poor in spirit, what does that mean? Well, if I'm, I'm not, <clears throat> if not, uh, if I'm not poor, that means I'm rich in something, and that typically in the Bible is called pride, full of self, worshiping my own thinking, my own feeling, whatever happens to me, basically being selfish and a little God myself. Everything revolves around me. So this is not being humble toward God and giving God his own worship, the God who created the heavens and the earth and even our very being. But Jesus modeled this by emptying himself, though he was fully God, and became a humble person. Now the next teaching, God talks about, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, is God really talking about just bereavement, losing someone to death? It could be, and I believe it's part of that, but I think it's more so is mourning the effects of sin and imperfection that we see in our own lives and in the world. We see that every night on the evening news, <clears throat> murder, accidents, uh, people stealing from stores, um, everything imaginable we see on the evening news, but also our own imperfection, the lack of <clears throat> uh, ability for our own self to be that standard of men and women that God wants us to be. Now, God himself, in the person of Jesus, takes the consequences for our sin and pays the penalty for our sin and is recorded in all four books of the New Testament that Jesus, God himself, uh, was put to death given the death penalty for the sins of the world. Here in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Jesus, <clears throat> God himself, took Peter and Zebedee's two sons with him and began to be very sorrowful in anguish. He said to them, my anguish is so great, I feel that, that as if I'm going to die. So he was mourning the consequences of sin that he was going to have to take the death penalty for. In this next teaching, Jesus describes, blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. Again, when I hear this, my ears perk up. <clears throat> what do I need to inherit the earth? And that is to understand meekness. So God says, you will be blessed if you understand what meekness is. Now, meekness has nothing to do with being weak, timid, shy, or introverted. 
it is being um, teachable. Um, it is being submissive to God, God's will, and not just our own. Uh, ordering our thinking, our lives toward God's will and not just my agenda. Becoming master of <clears throat> people, places, and things all around us, but being submissive to God, just like illustrated through a to a wild horse, a bucking bronco from the rider, to a compliant, teachable, uh, usable. Uh, horse with rider. In the next slide, Jesus illustrates this when he was mourning in the garden. You can see here in the midst of being mournful and grieving about his path that he was going to have to take the death penalty for the sins of the world, Jesus says, let this cup of suffering be taken from me, but let your will be done rather than mine. So Jesus himself <clears throat> illustrates what meekness is, being usable to the Father's agenda, to God's agenda. So God's agenda is <clears throat> reconciliation with God and man. That is God's righteousness, having allowing his creation, you and I, to get in a right relationship with God and right relationship with one another. As mentioned earlier, Jesus was submissive and meek and went forward with giving his life as a sacrifice for our imperfection, given the death penalty, so that Relationship could be restored between God and humans, being in a right relationship with God, and beginning the seeds of right relationship with each other. That's what this next attitude speaks of. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right relationships, for they will be filled. In the next slide, we see this in the life of Jesus recorded in the first four books of the New Testament. God himself modeled what perfection looks like. God and Jesus modeled what a right relationship with God looks like and each other. Jesus overturned the money changers in this house of worship because they were not worshiping God appropriately. He overturned the consequences of death many times. That is uh, healing the sick, restoring sight to the blind, causing lame people to walk, and famously <clears throat> raising Lazarus, his friend, uh, after he had died. So in the previous one called <clears throat> Blessed are those who mourn, I mentioned. Is it always mourning physical death as in bereavement? I think it, it is more so mourning sin in the world, which the consequences of sin in the world is our human's mortality. So it is also mourning 
ultimate uh, death and dying. But here, Jesus models our heart that we participate with him. The more we follow and understand God's heart, is God hungers and thirsts for righteousness, right relationship with God and right relationship with each other, including the consequences of sin, which is death. It is a uh, scary and sometimes incomprehensible part of the human experience that no one can deny. But God's heart is that everyone should know him and inherit eternal life. Now that's something that's exciting. Here in a metaphor in the book of John, Jesus or God illustrates that he has not just water to give us to quench our thirst, but living water. <clears throat> Let's read together. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman at the well hears this and doesn't understand everything, but says, give me, sir, give me some of this water that I will never be thirsty again. Wow, what a great illustration. <clears throat> God uh, offers each of us living water, the kind that will wipe away mourning, the consequences of sin and death, no more sickness, restoring sight to the blind, causing the lame to walk, healing emotionally, spiritually, and ultimately physically is God's promise to us for those that seek after him. That's about all I have to share with you today. Um, our next teaching, Attitude, <clears throat> next week will be, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. We'll take a deep dive into that, of what that all means next week. I hope you could join us. But in the meantime, uh, happy Lord's Day. Celebrate, feast, because God, Emmanuel, is God with us. So praise God for that. And uh, let me pray with you as you close your service and fellowship with each other. God, we thank you for this day. I am glad I'm be able to be with the church congregation, your people, in spirit and deliver your message, uh, your heart, uh, to the congregation today in the spirit of Christmas or Christ Mass, where we worship uh, the birth of Jesus, uh, Emmanuel, God with us. God, you have spanned many, many uh, miles, galaxies um, to reach uh, humankind, not just the earth, but me, you and I. God, you have reached us and bridged the gap morally with our imperfect uh, hearts and minds. God, you promise that if we seek after your kingdom and your righteousness, right relationship with you and other people, 
all these things will be added to us. What does that mean? That your peace, all the things that we worry about on this earth, how should we live? How should we eat? What we should wear? How should we retire? How should we age? What about our health and even death and dying? God, you promise that we come to you weary with these heavy burdens, God, and you are there to fill us, to give us living water in our physical, physically, spiritually, and mentally as well. So God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness and reaching out to us that if I were the only person left on earth, you would still reach out to me to save me. So we praise you and all God's people said, Amen.